right, we're just gonna go live. We're just having one of those days already. It's already been one of those days. Ah, let's bring in the music. I'll be right back. With a piece in my hand and bloodshot eyes I walk to the water for a last goodbye He begs so much, it clouded my mind One thing's clear, the man's gotta die But it makes right, so he said When he held all the keys over our head I lived in that grip, but now he'll learn At the end with the tables turned Lord, forgive me and take me oh, down the river where the kids can't find a red hand to sit oh, Take me oh, oh, and cry out because I don't down the river with a hand on a coat and a finger on the trigger. And oh, they try to find me. Take me on down Take me on down I sank that body by the riverbank Caught a boat sap, took off like a hurricane With spotlights, dogs, hit the whole nine yards And breathing down my neck and breathing hard That's right, that's right, it's baseline the baseline, the meaning of life. He'll chase across the highways, mountains, over seven states. Found a man at the harbor, said that he could take me across the ocean somewhere far away. Lord, forgive me. Take me on down the river where the kids can't find the red in the center. With a great and cry out I don't Down the river with a hand on a coat And a finger on the trigger And oh, before Tony tried to find Jungle Jack gets it, he gets it, and space line Sing me on down Everybody else knows what's going on Coming on the board and planks now Staring down a barrel at point blank range I make for the water, jumping up the ledge But not before I get to the chest Now there's blood and water filling up my lungs Blood and water filling up my lungs My heart is beating like a fading drum Lord forgive me, here I come It take me Take me on down. Oh, take me on down. Oh, take me to take me on down. 
Oh, all right. I think we got uh, Josh backstage, so I'm going to have to move him over here, shrink him down. Let's see if Josh works. Uh, allow your camera. You have to click allow, Josh. I got I got to mute it here. Is it my my end? No, it's on his end. How about now? Now your camera's not working. Let me try this real quick here. Let me pull this up again here. Hang on a second. It says it should uh, be working. Yeah, hang on. Let me grab your camera. Let's see here. I know what happened there. Copy. Like that? Yeah, I like that. Make Absolutely. sure I mute Ninja. Who, who's in charge here? Where's my producer? You are. You're supposed to be in charge. And then I just kind of oh. help things go a little more smoother. But hey, you know, I'm learning. Yeah, I know. Let me, yeah. I'm going to have you down here. I'm going to have you block this out. You can be on the dash cam with me. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? Not much, man. Uh, been a little hectic. I don't know if I, I've told you before, but uh, I'm I'm moving about four and a half hours north. I'll be out of South Florida uh, in a, just about three weeks here. August 1st, I'll be in Gainesville. So it's just hectic, hectic, hectic. Does it matter? I mean, once you're in Florida, you're in Florida, right? Doesn't matter if it's south or north or... Once you're in Florida, you're part of uh, the Florida cult, but it does yeah. change, you know, uh, as you go into different areas of Florida. So uh, I'm interested to see what happens up in Gainesville. Is there, is there something in the water? Because there seems to be a lot of people in Florida with something with the water, maybe. Dude, the water? Gainesville water smells. So there's yeah. probably shit in the water, more than likely. That could be a possibility. All right. So how are you, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm probably um, going to going to set you off here uh, in a second or two. Oh, boy. So basically, I'm going to be doing some changes uh, to the show. Uh, the the new format, we're going to be reformatting, retooling, bringing out a different a different thing. So I'm going to start doing I'm, I'm always going to do my morning, uh, my morning show, basically, where I basically let me do this here too. let me bring this down here. Um, I'm always going to be doing the show in the morning where I put out the video, right? But what I think what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start going Monday through Thursday. Um, I'm going to do my show in the, my recorded video in the morning and I'm going to go live Monday through Thursday, um, every day basically. But the problem is, is I'm going to go from, I believe five 30 to seven, which screws up your work hours. Correct. Uh, yeah, at five thirty. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty much not home till about uh, six thirty. Six thirty. Yeah. So, and then from there, because my goal was um, also is that if um, Will goes, he normally goes a little later. So either he could stream my show if he wanted. He doesn't have to. Right. Um, and then from my show, kick into his show. But I think I'm going to start covering you know, new topics and bringing people on and and stuff like that. But I'm going to go five thirty to seven. Uh, and cover like either news or topics, stuff that's going on during the day, stuff that jumps out. Right. Um, and then, you know, if people can come in, I'm going to have different people come in, um, except Wednesdays will be my, the trucking show. That'll be the logistics show. So that one will pretty much be a specific show, um, you know, with trucking topics and things like that. But 
everything else would kind of be just covering random events that happen. Just right. random stuff. Hey, you know, people yeah. like a good opinion, uh, a good view. So yeah, more yeah, than I think that there's really nothing out there from that five to seven time frame, right? It's just before the prime time type stuff. And and you know, that way from that my channel, I'll set it up where um it'll go to Will. So at, at that point, I'll have mods drop in Will's channel. And then if Will's out on Twitch or wherever he's at and YouTube or whatever, it can go to his channel and it can roll from there and kind of carry into the, you know, my show into his show. Um, well, I, uh, for yeah. what it, for what it's worth, I appreciate you for letting me be a part of, you know, this, this era of the Sage News Live program. Yeah, and it might change. I mean, so there might be events like on a weekend or something that I do something. I'll be like, Hey, you want to come on or something like that? Or there might be something like, you know, your work schedule change or whatever, but I'm, I'm just trying to set up a, for me, I'm trying to set up a, a consistency. Um, and I've been, met, you know, bouncing this around and, 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 you know, talk with my wife and stuff like that in regards to making things happen. And I think that that's a good time frame. So, and I bounced it off some of the people in there and, and some of, you know, in the um, chat, in the chat and, and moderators and stuff like that. And that just gives me an opportunity to be able to kind of cover that aspect, cover those hours and jump out there and talk about different things. Um, and then I have some people, like I said, it's also going to be either a call in show or if it's something that you can make, you can just say, Hey, let me in, put me in coach and I'll right. snag you in or other people that want to jump in. Yeah, dude, most definitely, most definitely. Like, you know, like I said, it's going to be a little rough. My schedule, literally, I'm done with everything by about 6.30. So, you know, maybe I can come in for the last half an hour or something like that. Yeah, you know and that's even something that that segment or whatever, you can jump in and we can have the Josh segment of the show, which, which however scary that might be, uh, maybe we can, you know, have you have a topic that you want to jump in for the last segment and kind of cover that last half hour or something. Yeah, I don't mind that. I, I, I love collaborating. I love doing shows. So like anytime I get an opportunity to do something like this, I always take it. I always jump on it. So it's a bummer. You want to uh, change the time frame, but it's what's going to work for your channel. So I respect that. And uh, yeah, dude, I wish you all the luck with that, man. Yeah. Okay. And I, like I said, again, it, I appreciate it. But like I said, it's not. And then, of course, he's going to have the we're going to have the debate channel. So if something were to happen with, you know, if the debate that's going on, because I know Eli's working on trying to get the debate going. Yep. Um, with somebody and then that will carry on to the debate channel and, and so on and so on. That'll be a different, you know, time frame. I'll work with that. But I think I'm going to do that. The Monday to Friday thing is just something that I'm sorry, Thursday. The Monday to Thursday thing is I can kind of just kind of do my thing, grab topics I want to talk about, throw some stuff out there, uh, give people a place to kind of hang out to the to the kind of before prime time type shows come on right. um, and things like that. But that kind of that's what I was kind of looking at pretty much doing so that's why we uh, go ahead sorry no i was say just uh just to add that that's why I stuck stuck at night stuck in the middle that's why we kind of were trying to do like you know the the 10 10 30 ish because if you look at youtube like like a tv channel kind of thing like yeah. you have your morning shows you have your evening shows but there's not many late night shows so right. that's you know, we were trying to get that consistency at that time frame so i i 100 back the idea of needing a consistent uh, time frame to do it at. So people know, oh shit, it's five o'clock. Sage is on, you know, oh shit. Right. Monday through Thursday. I know exactly where to go. So yeah. Yeah. And that's like I said, so there'll be stuff. I mean, like I said, my goal too is to, you know, eventually have, like I said, we're doing like, I, I have the prepper show we did and we're working on putting together the other guys with the preppers and stuff like that to finish that show, to do the comments. Um, and then from there, I'm looking at doing, um, I'm doing the segment where I just did my second interview with uh, uh, Shee Van Fleet. Uh, and she's been on like she did. 
just before my show, they had her on live on Fox and then she finished Fox News and then she came on and recorded with me for an hour. Uh, so I recorded that portion of it and uh, we'll, we'll be talking about um, the Great Famine um, and the Hunter Flower campaign. And then from that, after the third segment is the one that she actually lived through uh, in Ma with Mao in China was the Cultural Revolution. And that'll be this last segment. So I was able to record that today. So I'm still going to be doing like my interviews and stuff like that. Um, my main goal is to basically say, hey, I'd like to do that, um, that 530 to 7 spot, have that show. Um, and then, you know, from there, just kind of either cover news or cover topics. Or if I have a specific topic, um, cover that and then, you know, just kind of roll on with it. And then, like I said, if it's somebody, people want to jump in, if it's a topic, they're like, yeah, I want to jump in on this one. Either they can, you know, shoot me a text or I'll, I might have a drop in line. I kind of, that's kind of what the announcement I want to make. That's my big announcement. Other, some other channels are making other big announcements, but my big announcement uh, was the fact that I'm just going to be doing that type of schedule. So you're welcome to kind of show up or just catch the show and go from there. So yeah, hell yeah, man. That's going to be really cool here. I you know, did do, let's see, go ahead. I was say, it's good to change it up. So it's never a bad thing to get a little, you know, throw a little, throw it in the mix kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Hang on one second here. Uh, she's on board for Thursday, 10 PM. I would be able to send me a number message. Okay. Uh, that was actually Eli is on board. I will send it to Will. Yeah. So besides that, that's kind of just what I wanted to cover. Um, make that quick announcement uh, for that change. Getting the meat and potatoes out of the way. Yeah, besides that, too, um, I'm loving this new Roadcaster. Yeah, but nice. I did want to, let's see. So some of the stuff I wanted to, uh, wanted to kind of cover today was some stuff that I was finding in the news. So let me uh, turn off my dash cam here. And let's go with my display. Hey. All right. So I'm going to cover some stuff that I thought. Let's see. Uh, I'm just going to kind of talk about some new stuff I was just basically pulling up. I wanted to kind of talk about. So. Some of the headlines, some of the news. So this was something that I thought was kind of funny. Now, we talked about that AB5 thing, right, where they ended up shutting down all the ports. Right. Well, you, And then uh, most of the port people and the port drivers, and I want to talk about this for a long. I just thought this was a quick, funny situation. You'd say it ain't so. Um, long Beach container backlog crosses a red line as delays mount. So the thought process in California always baffles me, and and – <laughs> they go ahead and they create a law that gets you know, that makes it very difficult, let's say, very difficult for 70,000 drivers to have jobs. Most a lot of them working at the port. And then it comes up that a lot of these drivers basically say, "Hey, um we can't go in there and haul these containers." And then they complain, this gets this gets better. They complain that the containers aren't getting picked up. And they're and they want to start charging a hundred dollars a day per day, compounding, if containers aren't picked up. So if you, so if I'm a customer and I've got something sitting at the port, it could cost me a hundred dollars a day per day compounding to get that picked up. But to make it harder, California basically just created a law to get rid of seventy thousand drivers. It, it's it sounds like typical government overreach like hey you yeah. can't do this but then we're gonna fine you if you don't do it in time with a small amount of tools you have uh, available to you now that we made this new law you know it sounds like typical government bullshit. Right. yeah 
So uh, good job, California. I thought that was an interesting process. That's I just wanted to throw that one out there because that was one that, that popped up. And how come nothing's getting picked up? It can't be uh, that we, you know, essentially got rid of seventy thousand drivers. That's that's not it. That's yeah, not- yeah, that was a big one. Hey, did you did you see the um, the New York? Did you do you, you don't watch any of my videos? Nobody watches any of my videos. Did you see the New York issued the uh, PSA in regards to the nuclear attack? Did you see that? I, I I saw a little bit of it. I didn't get to see the whole video, but I um, we were going over yesterday, uh, just you know, just uh, on on the side, but still regarding New York, just the whole thing that happened with the Jose Alba guy, uh, the guy with the self defense, you know, who who was essentially stabbed the guy in self defense, but was charged with murder, and um, it, it, it just juxtaposed to New York's their new gun permit laws, and you know, you have to have three years of social media. You can't have a gun in pretty much any place there. And it's just kind of funny how a lot of the bodega workers are getting up together and they're like, yo, we need a stand your ground law here in New York now because of this stuff. And uh, just I was going to play the uh, the whole nuclear video with that just because that is just as crazy. New York is like, hey, right. there's a bomb coming. You better watch out. Yeah. So I basically pulled this up too because I did a little bit of research and 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 pulled up this um, submarine that they happen to be uh, Russia is taking control over uh, the Balagrud. What do you mean uh, they're taking control over? Well, they just it was built and they're basically saying, hey, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take possession of. We're going to they're they're taking it right. It's going to be an active oh. military submarine. Who built it? Um, that's a good question. I'll have to look that up. So who? I just want to know who they're taking it. Probably some Russian company built it, but the military is finally taking possession of it as is now it's mine. Now it's the military. So it's being handed over from the manufacturer I to see. basically the, the Russian military. And the thing's monstrous. More government overreach. That's it's, ours now. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. I mean, this thing is a huge sub. It's so big, it actually has a little sub that it carries around with it. Oh. <laughs> That's a big sub, right? Do, do we have any uh, uh, dimensions? Yeah, it's like 600 feet long. Let me go back to that thing. This thing's like, uh, I think it was said it was 600 feet long. Let me pull this thing up here. Submarines got to be one of the more uh, freaky ways to get around because you're just so deep underwater and just seeing all those things where like, you know, the deeper you go, the more compact the sub could get in here and all the creeks and stuff like that. And Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine going down in a sub. All your power goes off and you just... You're slowly going down and things are getting closer and closer. Yeah, that's a special service. Last time I remember, they couldn't force you to do that. It was volunteer only. I could see why. Uh, 600 feet long, twin reactor, 24,000 ton submarine. So that's oh, it's a nuclear big. sub, nuclear powered. Yeah, twin reactor. Yep. Awesome. And uh, so this sub here, one of the things that it has, it has the right here. I know I pronounce this wrong all the time. Uh, doomsday device, basically the pedestrian Poseidon. Poseidon. That's how it's pronounced. It kills me every time. The Poseidon Doomsday, where this thing can travel, and I and this is where I dug into this. And I talked a little bit about my video earlier that it's a device that can travel up to five thousand nautical miles at a speed of fifty to one hundred knots, transiting the harbor near coastal area and detonating a nuclear warhead. So the emit the eminent effects of it of the explosion would be extreme but one of the things it would do was wow. is the fact that it would actually put the radioactive fallout would actually go on land it was yeah it would surround the coastline yeah 
And that's now you now I'm wondering if this they were more fear worried about something like this popping up. And that's why they're issuing this the New York City. Because I even pulled up uh, the New York City warning because I even pulled up a quick thing. Let me find my marine traffic report. Yeah, so let me pull up my, my marine traffic report here. Freaking Belgorod, dude. The Belgorod's coming at us. That's a that's a meeting. Yeah, so just to kind of give an idea, I ran New York City to. What did I run this? It's pretty far, dude. Uh, did you get oh, yeah. Bergen, New York City port to Bergen port? Now remember, five thousand nautical miles is as far as that torpedo will go. So from here to here is 3,364 nautical miles. Fuck. So it could actually, I mean, you could park the sub right here and and technically it would reach. Yeah, like if it has some, you know, some some shit happen to itself, you know, in the middle of that, you know, traversal, they, yeah. they'll still be able to fire their torpedoes off. That's wild, man. I mean, think about that. It's 5,000 nautical miles. And it could sit anywhere out here. Like I said, this is this line right here is only three thousand three hundred and sixty-four nautical miles. Is this right here? I mean, you could swing down. I mean, it's that's a pretty good distance to to shoot a uh, a nuclear torpedo off to hit a port. It's all a dick showing contest. Look how big my disaster machine is. Yeah. You know, just how, I wonder what we're going to respond with. Well, yeah, ours, we can shoot it from 10,000 miles away. You know, like we're going to respond to this somehow. Russia just can't have this out there without the U.S. having something to counter it. Yeah, I just thought I, when I when I said when I saw that thing come out of New York, um, I just had to basically say, you know what, let me I got to Let me look into this. And that's when I kind of do you got that video. Do you want to play that nuclear video? Um, I can easily get it. Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah, I, I need to get it. Let me do this. Where are you at? I'm going to send it to you real quick through uh, StreamYard. I uh, I no, I got it like right here. Hang on. Pull it up. Because I even covered this also. Oh, hang on. Right here. Boop. It just feels so weird. It, it, it feels like it came out of nowhere kind of thing. It's just like, hey, uh, we're losing uh, our ability to control people via fear. What else can we talk about? Oh, nuclear war. Here's a nuclear war video. It just it The, the timing just feels weird and correct i don't know if that makes sense but just with yeah, so let me um this right here is the actual web page it was on uh they yeah. also talk about hazardous material chemical spills and radiation um and down here they also talk about you know what to do during a hazardous material incident uh radiation emergencies know the terms uh nuclear weapon or implosion explosive device uh to know these terms what to do during a radiation emergency. Get inside, stay inside, and tune in. It sounds like what they say when you take acid. Tune in and drop out, man. Yeah. I mean, um, so this was basically, so this, if I go here, let's click here. Let's it's funny. It. All of these emergency uh, precautions, they all want you to go inside. Yeah, that's funny thing, too. That's exactly how we did, you know, what we did with the vid. You know, go inside, stay inside, lockdown. Almost like they were training us. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit. Okay. So, what do we do? Can I, can three I... important steps. That... Even that way, it's like, don't ask me how or why. It, it almost like what did it happen under the water and nobody knew about it? Yeah, like, how do you start a video nonchalantly with a? So there was a nuclear attack. You know, that's how you know I would start a drama video. So there was some shit going on today. But she's like, so, you know, there was a nuclear explosion that took out half the city. What should you do? Yeah. 
Amazing. Do not chill out for me. I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. 15 days. Just stay inside for 15 days. We just got to fix the curve. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. We could totally pull a George Carlin with this. Like one and two are essentially the same rule. They should be consolidated into just one. You know, get inside and stay inside. Like, it, 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 it's just a waste of time. <laughs> Yeah, basically. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. Exactly. I've heard this. We've been hearing this for the last two years. Don't go outside until we tell you it's okay to go outside. Yeah, you don't know the dangers out there, Sage, to let the officials explain to you when it's safe, okay? We're yeah. going to hold your hand, all right? Yeah, that's... Uh, Come on. <laughs> that was the other thing. Let me see what else I was pulling up here. I was going through a bunch of stuff today. I was randomly going around the around the internet today after I dealt with some issues with in regards to uh let me see this one let me pull this one up have you ever let me do this we don't need to see this and we don't need to see this have you ever heard of the report the report from iron mountain uh i've heard the song iron man no that's iron man okay um without the without the lisp um the report from iron mountain so this is actually a book, and I ordered the book today, but this was um, Snorlord actually sent this to me. He's in the chat right now. Um, and Snorlord, if you want, you can drop your channel there. So this, according to the report, let me blow this up here because you know how well I, I enjoy reading. Uh, I take after what Will would say, my father, Libert Warrior. Um, according to the report, a 15-member panel called the Special Study Group, was set up in 1963 to examine what problems would occur if the United States entered a state of lasting peace. <laughs> they met at an underground nuclear bunker called Iron Mountain, as well as other worldwide locations, and worked over the next two years. A member of the panel, one John Doe, a professor at a college in Midwest, decided to release the report to the public. A heavy footnoted reported concluded that peace was not in the interest of a stable society. Even um, that even if lasting peace could be achieved, it would almost certainly not be in the best interest of a society to achieve it. War was a part of the economy. Therefore, it was necessary to conceive a state of war for a stable economy. The government and group theorized would, uh, would not exist without war. Uh, the nation states extended in order to wage war. I'm sorry. The nation states existed in order to wage war. War served as a vital function of 
diverting collective aggression. Uh, they recommended credible situations and pay and paying a blood price to emulate the economic functions of war. Prospective, prospective government devised alternatives to war, including reports of alien life forms. Um, the reintroduction of the euphemized euphemized form. form i've never heard of that of slavery or consistent with modern technologies and political processes and one deemed political promise in gaining their attention of the malleable masses the threat of global pollution of the environment yeah this is that's dude this reminds me uh, are you aware of the u.n article that came out just uh, a few days ago, but then was suddenly removed where he was like, uh, whatever the, the author was like, hey, this is the benefits of world hunger. And it's just like, what? I'm sorry. Now, like this article is like, hey, guess what? Uh, there's a lot of good if there's no peace. It's essentially what it's saying, right? Like uh, it can't peace is a not is not a good thing. You know, you could argue with that, like war kind of helps, unfortunately, but war kind of helps control the population. You know, like we are you know, arguably overpopulated. So there's our, you know, there's these bad things that happen such as a pandemic, such as war that, you know, right. inadvertently help control that population, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And this was set up in the 1960s. So this was set up in 1963, right? This report. Now there are some things that say that, you know, this was a hoax. This wasn't just stuff like that. So I, I wanted to get the book because I actually wanted to go in and, um, and, and see what the book says. So I ordered the book. It'll be here on Monday. Interesting. Yeah, let me know how that goes. I'm very uh I love something that kind of challenges um an ideology like that because a lot of people think, oh, you know, peace, peace. Well, I mean, what could be wrong with peace? And you know, here's people who allegedly studied that and found that uh actually there's a lot wrong with peace. So interesting. Yeah, and, and it kind of makes you think, like I said, again, this is something that the document uh is a favorite among conspiracy theorists who rejected the statement made in 1972 by Leonard Lewin, Leonard Lewin, yep. Lewin, um, that the book was a spoof, and he uh, and that he was its author. But even if it was, you, you almost want to think to yourself: even in 1972, again, if even if it was 1972 and he was the author, it's amazing that you know gross population of the environment. I'm sorry, gross pollution of the environment was another threat that they could throw out there. Uh, alien life forms was another threat that they could throw out there. Some type of threat needed to be um, to keep society from functioning properly, right? To keep society moving uh, forward. Yeah. The, the basic, the, I, the, the, the gist of the book is there needs to be destruction. There needs to be war to be rebuilt, right? If everything's properly built and nothing's been destroyed, can, you know, society keep functioning? Is there, is that type of question in that they're yeah, basically like a yin and yang kind of vibe. That yeah. was interesting. It said the conspiracy theorists actually refuted the idea that the book was satire. So I guess the normal thought process on this book is it's kind of like tongue in cheek and it's the conspiracy theorists who are saying that's not the case. This is actually true. Is, is that what that? Yeah, that's what I need. I, I said, that's what I'm kind of looking into. I'm, I'm interested in this one. So I'm, I'm going to dive in because I, like I said, I ordered the book on this one. Um, I actually want to see what the thought process is with this one because uh, I don't know. This one was definitely, you know, when, when Snorlord sent this to me and he sent me the link, 
I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't know this one. Let me look let at me. the reaction by uh, by President Johnson. That's interesting. It, uh, you know, where's that? It's just go up above authenticity right there. Reaction. Oh, by President Johnson. Um, OK, so the U- U.S. News and World Report claimed in November 20th of 1967 issued uh, issue to have confirmation of the reality of the report from an unnamed government official who at well, maybe it was Q. Um, who added that when President Johnson read the report, he hit the roof and ordered it to be suspended for all time. Additionally, sources uh, were said to have relied that orders were sent to U.S. embassies, instructing them to emphasize that the book had no relatives in U.S. government policy. So it seems like uh, the the institute's government is the one saying, no, 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 this book is BS. Don't worry about it. It's fake. And it's the conspiracy that are coming out and saying, no, 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 this book has some validity. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm actually, too. I actually, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at getting this one and actually reading this one and seeing. 1967, a report reviewed in the book section of the Washington Post by Herschel McLandris. McLandris, uh, yep. Supposedly the pen name for a Harvard professor, John Kenneth Galbraith. Thanks, brother. Uh, McLandless wrote that he knew firsthand of the report's authenticity uh, because he had been invited to participate in its creation. And although he was unable to be a part of the official group, he was consulted from time to time and had been asked to keep the project secret and that while he doubted the wisdom of letting the public know, I can see why you wouldn't let the public know yeah. uh, about the report. He agreed totally with its consensus. Could you imagine if all the world powers came out and they're like, Hey, everybody, we've been, we've been, we've been doing some thinking. We've been doing some uh, experiments. Come to find out world peace isn't a thing. So sorry about that. Sorry for everyone trying to get world peace. We can't have it. So go back to what you were doing. Hating everybody. Uh, hate makes the world go around. So keep it, keep on keeping on. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to see here where my streamyard is. That's for tomorrow. That's Trump. It said the book won the Guinness Book of World Records thing too. What the hell is that about? If you go up a little bit, did I miss it here? Keep going up right there. Uh, the book was listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the most successful literary hoax. Some people claim that the book is genuine and has only been called a hoax as a means of damage control, kind of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Transaction devoted an issue to the debate over the book, and Esquire magazine published a 28,000-word excerpt on it. So, interesting. Holy crap. Yeah, so I, I, that's, like I said, it's an interesting process here. Let me, uh, let me do this real quick. Where is... Let me throw this. No. Is this one we we're looking at? No. It sounds legit. The report from Iron. It sounds like James Earl Jones would be awesome saying that title. The report from Iron Mountain. Yeah, I could pull up another one here. Let me pull this one up here. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, this is basically an outside download. The possibility of desirable or peace. I don't know. Is that something? I mean, think about that. Is peace obtainable? Right. Like me and me and Will had a debate, and unfortunately, Will's wrong um, in regards to what what I consider the meaning of life. Right. What, what I consider the meaning of life. What do you think the meaning of life is? Survival. Okay. The meaning of life. So the basic meaning of life, and I use the term baseline, mm-hmm. right? I use the term baseline. And, and so, and the best way to understand this is if you were to say the basic meaning of life, right? On the simplest form, at the simplest level, let's say the human body, 
okay? The human body wants to live. Like, if I tell you to stop breathing a- until you die, you can't do it. No. Okay. So it's a, it's a, what's a subconscious function breathing? It's a, because the, the body knows it needs air. It's yeah. the basic, it's that basic level of, of it knows it needs air. If I were to tell you that, um, Next time you're sick, tell your body to not send white blood cells to no. fight it off. It's not going to happen. Yeah. They want to live, right? The body wants to live. Um, if I were to tell you to, during hypothermia, your, your body will, te- it will actually send uh, blood to important organs, and it might not send blood to your fingertips because they're not as important as your heart. Yeah. Right? But if I tell you to stop doing that, Nothing's going to happen. It's going to happen because the body wants to live. Um, with the brain, the basic function of when the brain goes into fight or flight, it is a basic survival instinct. Your brain kicks into that fight or flight. It's, it, it, at some point, if it gets into that level, you can't stop it. You're either going to run away to survive or you're going to fight your way out to survive. Yep. That's fight or flight. That's that basic, the basic meaning of life down to the, the simplest basic level, right? Um, so, so this is, and, and I called it the baseline, which that baseline, which Johnny just threw out there is, is probably an improper term and it's, it was confusing, but to me, that's kind of the, that, that wanting to live is that baseline, even to the point of fear, the, the emotion fear is usually something's going to happen to you that it might affect your ability to live, right? You're scared because you're going to die. Something's going to happen. And it, it gives you a sense of fear to warn you of that, mm-hmm. right? So that's the, my, when, when we had this conversation, the, what I considered the basic mean, you know, meaning of life that all creatures, you know, you need is that survival, you know, cancers want to survive all stuff like that. See now even will. So will was wrong. So me and will were actually talking about this, um, back and forth and of course like i said will was wrong and i i basically beat him in the in the in the debate um but if and will's point was is what his basic meaning of life was was to protect his family and do the best for his family even if it cost him his life now you can go against that right you can go against that there are people that go against the uh, survival and put themselves in harm's way but it's something that they go against does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that was Will. What, what I was arguing, what going back and forth with Will. Two things. I definitely think, um, for me, to me, I, I think the meaning of life is a little more like basic. Like the meaning of life is just literally to make more life. And after, af- uh, after that, it's up to us, you know, each individual person to decide what their meaning is. So I think just right. uh, as a species, we're here to be here as long as we can, just like you're saying, to survive. So, it like in a way it is what will's saying it is kind of what you're saying but um in in going with the idea of extremes i think it is too extreme to think that there will be only peace i think the whole concept of a yin and yang like you need one to have the other i don't think yeah. it's sustainable peace I, I don't think so either like i mean and there's a lot of stuff going on now that we're obviously going into type of conflict right so i can't see and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't see having, cause that's another thing too, with, when regards, regard to um, some of the stuff that the, the, the letter Q people believe is that 
that there's going to be world peace and there's going to be this and then everything's going to go on. But I don't, I don't see that possible. I don't see complete world peace as something that is sustainable to a society, just like it says in there. So that's why I'm really interested in getting that book. I feel like uh, a lot of those people have the mindset that also too, there's a certain someone coming back for the apocalypse or whatever, and they're going to take away all the sinners and stuff like that. I, I do think there is uh, in that group of people, uh, you know, the, the alphabet LMNOP Q people. Um, I think there is a leaning towards like this more of a religious mindset. So they do have this idea that even after death, everything will be this like peaceful utopia kind of thing. So it's not far fetched to think they kind of feel the same way about, you know, about peace and stuff. I mean, I think even people who aren't uh, religious would, would want to hope that peace is possible. You know what I mean? Like, so I think there's common ground there, but it's just, it's not. So the scope of the study was when the special study group was established in in August, 1963, its members were instructed to govern their deliberations in accordance with three principles. All right. Briefly stated, military style objective object i'm sorry military style objectively objectivity objectivity two avoidance of preconceived assumptions and three inclusion of all relative areas of the uh, theory and data how's that possible if they're gonna how would they possibly military style objectively <laughs> in precautions of value assumptions and so they had to look at it with a, a military style objectivity just kind of like this is what needs to be done they need to uh they needed to avoid any pre preconceived values of like hey well i assume peace is going to be better than the latter and they need they needed to include all relevant areas, whether it be positive or negative, of this peace outcome. All right. So through that, that's a very different. Yeah. Good luck with that. That was right there. Is a different, interesting process because you're already looking at it from a military style. I think that means just like, listen, you're going to have a loss somewhere, but the right. outcome. You know what I mean? Like right. you have to look at it like the the How the good outcome. <laughs> so all right. Um, all right, so the guideposts are by no means as obvious as they may appear at first glance. Oh, hang on, something flashed there. Um, we believe it is necessary to indicate clearly how they were to inform our work for the, they express succinctly and limitations of previous peace studies. I don't know what the previous peace studies are, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and they imply the nature of both government and unofficial dissatisfaction with the earlier efforts. It is not only our intention here to minimize the significance of the work of our predecessors or to belittle the quality of their contributions. What we have to we have tried to do is we believe that they have done is extend their scope. And we hope that our conclusions may serve in turn as a starting point for still bordered and more detailed examination of every aspect of the problems of the transition to peace and of the question in which must be answered. Ed, before such a transition can be allowed to get underway. 
It's like, listen, you got to know what you're getting into before you decide you want full on peace. Yeah. And I, I don't see this. It's kind of great. I don't, it, it, it's interesting. It's an actually interesting thought process, right? Like, how would that work? Like for, for all peace to work, it's extremely difficult. Dude, right. For all peace to work, you can't have bad people. Like you, how do you get rid of bad people? Someone's going to with peace almost comes weakness. All right. Go back and read the scope again. All right. The scope basically says through the uh, 1963, which part of the scope, the guidelines mean that there is no means as obvious as they may be appear at first glance. So briefly stated, military style objectively, avoidance of preconceived value and assumptions, inclusion of all relative areas of theory and data. All right, so you need to work together, thus peace. Yeah, but you're not going to get everybody to work together, Dude, right? I've gone to work with people I don't like, but I still have to work together. That doesn't mean I'm peaceful with them. You know what I mean? Like when you are peaceful, some would consider being at peace and making everything hunky dory a weakness. Then you're going to have somebody who comes in and is able to manipulate or essentially be the boot to crush that peacefulness because you're not ever showing some type of uh, aggression or, or fortitude. You're just, yeah, you know, Everyone loves each other, man. Everything's cool. I got so I've got section two, disarmament and the economy. I got section three, disarmament scenarios, uh, war and peace. So let's go to section. Let's try section two. What page is section two? Section two is twenty-four. Johnny Johnny says, "Are you and me at war because we disagree?" Yeah, well, yeah, because Johnny's control. He likes to control everything, so that's a good possibility right there. We're going to twenty-four. Stand by on one. Bring it. Come on, 24. Disarmament section. Uh, this section shall be examined some of the common features of the studies that have been published dealing with one another and aspects of expected implement of disarmament of the American economy. Disarmament of the American economy. Whether disarmament is considered as a byproduct of peace or as a precondition, its effect on the national economy will either will in either case be the most immediate felt of its consequences. Uh, the quasi-measurable quality of the economy manifest manifestations has given rise to more detailed speculation in this area. Think about it. The economy isn't peaceful. The economy isn't fair, meaning uh, sometimes this business does better than that business. That's not going to create peace. You're going to have... These situations where one does better than the other and, you know, sometimes peace is, you know, you could uh, look at it as like equalness as everyone has the same, you know, peacefulness can only almost be uh, considered uh, as communism. <laughs> I hate to say. Right. And that, even then, I mean, some of the stuff that they've mentioned is that if it doesn't work, some of the ways to basically come in and say, look, all right, if you guys want peace, then we have to all be. We have to have a common thing to go against, right? Like, if you guys want to be peaceful, we all have to be, for us to be peaceful, we all have to have an enemy. What's our enemy? And going against hate is too broad. Like, oh, right. our enemies hate, man. Right. So we all have to have a common goal 
to achieve peace, we all have to have a common, en- a common enemy. So that common enemy, they, they said back in 1963, would be global pollution. So you give them a common enemy of global pollution, hence the E to the S to the G, yeah, you know me. Um, and from there, you try to establish peace. No. Or aliens. Aliens is another one we can go after, and, and I'll have, you know, so... 2022, it's climate change. You know, that's how we get peace. You know, 2022 right. is uh, being uh, clean energy. All You know, clean energy is going to bring everyone together, man. Yeah, so I just, I'm, I'm excited to get this book because I really want to read. I mean, I don't think this is the book because this is only like 70 pages. Johnny should call in and or join the stream yard. He seems, uh, oh, you know. You want got- Johnny to call in? Do you, dare, you really want him to call in? Do you know what you're asking for? I don't. He seems very vocal there down in the chat. And he has like, uh, like there could be some misunderstanding going on. So I'd love to kind of get a better. Hang on, Johnny. Hang on. Let me um, be right back. Two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Run away. Run away. Ask Johnny to come in, then run away. You wimp. Johnny, I'm going to drop it in the, in the tell. God, I can't believe you asked for this. You asked for Johnny to call in, and then you leave me with no backup. Where are you at, Johnny? Call in. Click the link, Johnny. See, Josh is scared. He says, Johnny should call in. Then he runs away. All right. He'll click in here in a second. I just found this interesting that uh, when, when Snorlord brought this to me, uh, and this is, so everybody knows that we're, we're covering the report from Iron Mountain. Uh, the report from Iron Mountain is basically what we're covering here, which um, it kind of put a lot of stuff together. Like when I was talking about in regards to uh, a lot of the topics that I bring up on my show and some of the reports that I've been doing, and then, you know, in regards to what some of the stuff that they were doing, it, this kind of another piece of the puzzle that we're, you know, you kind of look through it and say, okay, is this interesting? Is it not interesting? Is this a part of it? Is this not part of it? Um, and this was one that I definitely wanted to to do some reading on. Uh, War and peace as social systems. Another one. Let's see here. Um, going through this here. Josh Nomi has to run off in the middle of the, of the show. And and it sucks, man. I apologize. Well, guess what? Wait, Johnny says that you can't you can't hide long enough, so he's gonna give you five minutes to come back well, and then come back in. And guess what? This is almost gonna be like the last time you have to deal with this with your new time frame. So you don't gotta worry about me going to the bathroom anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. So that's all right. So yeah, it it. Let me pull up some other stuff I pulled up on this while I'm, I've got this up here. Uh, that was the Wikipedia thing. Let's pull up some other stuff here. Uh, what else? He's definitely gonna call in though. He says, "Give me, give him, give him five minutes." All right. Yeah, he said, "Give him five minutes." You know, you know, another thing I wanted to cover real quick too. Um, I want to cover this quick while we're waiting for Johnny here. I want to cover this real quick. This was a video in regards to uh, Russia's using secret network to steal Ukraine, the grain out of Ukraine, right? And I thought this, I kind of watched this. Let me play this. This satellite image from the port of Sevastopol in Crimea on May 21st shows trucks lined up near a Russian ship loading stolen Ukrainian grain. A Russian soldier who drove one of the trucks around this time explained the details of the smuggling operation. 
Cred că trebuie să fac foarte multe drăguțe de gen. Cum e So basically he said that they loaded up a bunch of grain into these trucks and they started putting it on their ships. In May, U.S. State Department sent cables to several countries stating that three Russian ships, the Matros Pozenich, Matros Koshka, and Mikhail Nanashev, were suspected of transporting stolen Ukrainian grain, according to a senior European diplomat who viewed the cable. Russian officials have rejected such accusations. But we found these three ships are part of a smuggling route that Russia has been developing to transport stolen grain out of newly occupied areas of Ukraine and into Russian allied countries in the Middle East. We analyzed telegram posts, satellite imagery, and ship transponder data, reviewed documents, and interviewed people involved in this illicit trade to reveal a 1,500-mile smuggling route that gives us a window into the broader network Russia has quietly assembled to transport hundreds of thousands of metric tons of grain out of Ukraine. Russia has done this all while obstructing Ukraine from exporting its own grain and seeds, up to 70 million metric tons per year, a large slice of the world's supply, much of which flows to the developing world. In recent weeks, Ukraine said Turkey detained a Russian ship with stolen Ukrainian grain, while accusations of war crimes and fears of a global food crisis have mounted. The main route we uncovered starts in southeastern Ukraine, in the occupied city of Kamyanka Nipravska, at one of the largest grain storage facilities in the region, run by a company we aren't naming. We found evidence of dozens of Russian-controlled trucks transporting grain from this facility since early May. The driver we interviewed, a soldier in the Russian army who said he doesn't want to fight in the war, told us that in late May, a Russian colonel ordered him to pick up a load of grain at this facility. Uh, we made trucks, uh, 50 trucks. I had to wait to come a truck uh, and I come in the morning. May 21, 22, colonel put trucks up online. We took it in, drive out. Each truck can move around 10 to 50 metric tons of grain in a single haul. In photos from the facility that appear to be from early May reviewed by the journal, we see trucks covered with tarps, Zs on the front, and concealed license plates. The Russian driver we interviewed confirmed that he and the other drivers in his caravan drove similar trucks. Less than two kilometers from the depot, this photo, posted to Facebook on May 19th by a local resident, shows trucks with the same characteristics. Tarps and no license plates, headed away from the grain storage facility. In satellite imagery from June 11th, we see similar vehicles near the grain silos. Three days later, we can see a line of them outside the facility and a few more in the parking lot as well. By June 22nd, there are over 30 of these trucks visible. The Russian driver said his convoy of trucks with stolen grain drove to Crimea on May 21st or 22nd. I hear on radio we go to Sevastopol. Many hours, but uh, we go same day. We also found evidence that another major grain storage facility in the region was taken over by the Russian military, seen here on March 26th. A satellite image from the same date and location shows what appear to be those same tanks. This letter, from an official installed by Russian forces, informed the company that their property was being seized. After the takeover, the company said they were still able to track their stolen trucks using GPS, which were loaded with grain and also driven into Crimea. At one of the facilities where grain was taken, we can see that a Z, a Russian pro-war symbol, has been marked on the roof. In addition to using truck drivers from the Russian army, drivers for these routes are also hired through messages posted to social media. Like this May 24th telegram post by a logistics operator, advertising nearly 20 truck routes to transport grain, mostly from newly occupied Russian territory in Ukraine to Crimea. This is a route similar to the one our Russian driver took. Now this is having a lot like this is a lot of grain that they're loading up on ships that should be going to other places and it's not making it that way. And offers about 30 US dollars per ton in pay. 
Ukraine's access to export routes out of Crimea has been largely cut off since the 2014 annexation. Now, in videos published over the last several weeks, we see long lines of trucks heading south into the region. Many resemble the trucks at the grain depot in Kamyanka-Niprovska, and fit the description given by people involved in the trade. Once in Crimea, the Russian driver said he and the other drivers dropped off the trucks at the Sevastopol port, where many tons of grain were unloaded to conveyor belts and then moved to waiting ships. In satellite imagery from Sevastopol on May 19th, 21st, and 23rd, we can see three different ships loading grain, the same ones listed in the State Department cable. The Matros Pozenich, Matros Koshka, and Mikhail Nanashev were all newly registered in the months before the war to a Russian state-owned company called Crane Marine Contractor LLC, according to a ship company database. Satellite images paired with ship tracking data from marine traffic show these same ships running regular routes from Crimea to the eastern Mediterranean since at least late March, often shutting off their transponders as they approach ports, likely in an effort to conceal their locations. For example, the Matros Pozenich disappears from tracking data near Istanbul on May 17th. We then see it being loaded with what looks like grain at the port in Sevastopol two days later. Now, all the ships basically have what's called AIS, which is the tracking system that allows them to be tracked, uh, know where they're going and, and, you know, know where they're heading to make sure, you know, if something were to sink or boat were to go, you know, start taking on water and stuff like that, we know the path and we can track it down, right? But they What's that? How does it go offline? It went offline at that, whatever that place that she just said, and then it came back online while it was getting loaded. You turn them off. Like, the ship can oh, turn it off. The ship the itself ship can turn it off. off and say, yep, that's turned off. Like, places in China now are requiring you to turn it off um, because they don't want, they have privacy laws. So China, the, a lot of, uh, you know, ship captains were like, dude, I don't know what the privacy law is. I'm just going to go ahead and turn mine off. And that was causing a problem because we didn't know if ships were in the port. We didn't know if they were leaving the port. We didn't know if they were getting loaded. But China's like, well, we don't care. Turn them off. So they just basically started turning them off. The ship's transponder restarts again on May 21st after it departs Sevastopol. Over the next two days, marine traffic data shows it passes through the Bosphorus Strait, which we can see in photos of the waterway from May 22nd. The ship's tracking is then turned off again as it nears its destination, with its last location reported on May 25th in the Mediterranean Sea between Turkey and Cyprus. Soon after, in Latakia, Syria, satellite imagery shows the ship docked and its contents being unloaded. Commodity brokers involved in the network say the grain was imported by a Syrian state-run grain company. After similar journeys from Sevastopol to the eastern Mediterranean, the Mikhail Nanashev docks in Turkey. The Matros Koshka goes dark for over a week, but reappears as it heads back towards the Black Sea. Crane Marine Contractor LLC and Syria's Ministry of Foreign Affairs did not respond to requests for comment. The Russian embassy in Washington, D.C. referred us to a prior statement made by the Russian ambassador to the U.S., in which he rejected accusations of grain theft. The frequency of thefts at grain facilities, combined with the repetition of these vessels' journeys, and the sheer number of trucks traveling into Crimea, shows that Russia is working quickly to institutionalize its grain smuggling network. In our last conversation with a Russian truck driver in late June, he said he was waiting to receive orders for his next truck route. So, why do why does Russia have to do this? Are they cut off from grains and they're trying to? No, sell they're just basically part. They're just basically stealing it. They're basically just saying, "Hey, we're going to take your grain and um, ship it to our places." Because but, right now, that's another. That's some of the stuff. See, to me, a lot of this, I believe, is about um, 
is is literally about is it because they don't have grain or they're being they want money no i think it's about food shortages i believe russia some of this military operation is about creating food shortages um if you wanted to uh do damage to us in regards and you're russia we are one of the main shippers of food we ship out a lot of food um but you got to create a problem where now we can't you know, everybody's going to come running to us to help them with, hey, can you help us with food? Can you help us with food? And we can't help everybody. So to me, this this shows that a lot of this Russian military special operation isn't them doing much other than causing a a a famine, causing, you know, stealing grain from Ukraine um, and not allowing that food to go out and taking it for themselves and, and sending it into places like Syria. Um, it, 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 it very well sounds like also a way to you know fuck over ukraine a little bit make them a little more weaker you know you, if you control people's food you know if you take away their food they you know they don't got energy to fight they're, they're right this is a part of that like i said and when every time i hear people say oh it's not a war it's not a war it, it yeah it is yeah it is it 100 it's not a special military operation they're not out there you know uh, saving the world they're 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 stealing grain and goods and things like that that should be being distributed to the world and that they're not and this is you know this is what we're starting to to see and then and they're getting caught doing it and it's eventually it's going to set off a bigger incident you're gonna you're gonna have a huge incident get kicked off um in regards to Kinetic things could eventually go kinetic. I I I foresee things going kinetic over situations like this. Either a ship's going to hit a mine, um, or they're just going to say that enough is enough. We're we're now going to seize all these ships that you're stealing this grain, um, and you're going to have that that something kinetic response. Uh, oh, I do want to do a quick shout out. Hang on, uh, hang on. Let me pull him down. So on point preparedness uh shouted me out in a video and i uh, i want to shout him back out and reciprocate now obviously he's a way bigger channel than me so i do appreciate the shout out um in regards to he covered one of my videos and he's welcome to cover you know other ones either good or bad i have no problem with that because i'm you know i have no problem being criticized or critiqued um but also like i said i if he you know uh, just a quick shout out to him if you're looking for any type of collab or if you want to you know either come on my channel or something like that i'd love to have you uh, pull you in on my channel for an interview. Let's so. get him come on your show, man. I did. I, yeah, I'd like to. I shot something out for uh, on my community page. Um, and if any of you guys are a fan of his or whatever, um, I like I said, he does. I watched some of his videos. He does a pretty good job. And I'd love to, you know, either have him on my channel for an interview. Um, if he's, you know, not busy, he wants what, to come on, bring it on. Specializes in? Is he just uh, kind of all around or is he? Oh, he a lot of the news like the, the stuff that he was covering he does a lot of headlines a lot of the news um i i, I noticed that so i like i said i, I checked out a couple of this because somebody a lot of people came over and said hey you know this guy sent me so i do want to thank for the shout out um i do appreciate that so everybody that's here from him i appreciate you guys coming over here um i may just so everybody knows if you knew the channel uh i am a logistics freight broker i cover a lot in logistics and how it you know technically logistics affects the world um trucking china and, and a lot of stuff like that so and of course i'm uh, a, a very vocal person um and eventually looking to debate somebody if anybody you know uh would willing to come on the, the channel and debate us but that's something i wanted to also kind of throw out there so and i don't know if johnny you know what you came back and it looks like johnny might have ran 
Um, I don't know. Maybe Johnny. It's not like that. They, you know, they freeze. Yeah, since you came back, I don't know if Johnny's got if he's going to come up now. Um, Bummer. Was looking me, forward to a little back and forth, you know. Yeah, let me do this real quick here and see if he. Uh, where is my this? Just to see if anybody jumped in here. Robert Sisk. It looks like they're just stealing it. I don't necessarily yeah, think they're taking the brain to pay somebody off. I think they're just fucking greedy. Yeah, they're just basically ganking it and then going to probably, you know, use it to sell for their own goods, their own means. Uh, let me see what else there was basically wanted to bring up. Um, I did see that India is basically deciding to go with their own. Um, they're coming off the U.S. dollar, basically. Oh I did see that. Was this for, for everything, for gas? No, I think what they're trying to do is, is I actually reached out to somebody. Um, Economic Ninja did a video and he, he basically showed it. And um, in regards that India is looking to be able to sell, buy and sell goods in their own currency rather than use the U.S. dollar as a currency. And is it, maybe I put it, did I put it here? Nope. I don't know what I did with it. Um, so one of the things that they did uh, actually, I know what I did with it. Let me pull this up. Hang on. I will snag it because I send it to nobody special. And I can pull this up from here. There it is. And I can throw it down over here. With how we've done shit before. I mean, like, dude, I literally have, like, Biafra dollars when we uh, when we just started giving Biafra a bunch of money. But essentially, uh, we just kind of went bankrupt and fucking crushed their country. Like, I understand why people seeing America where it's at right now are like, you know what? I'm out of the dollar. I don't want, I don't trust this shit. It's, it keeps losing its value. So. Well, yeah. It was, it, it, so basically what they're doing says the reserve bank of India has announced a new mechanism that would allow settlement of international trade in the Indian rupee rupee. Ooh. Um, this is the first time that it has done. So why there are multiple reasons. So, First, the central bank said that it would promote growth in global trade and with emphasis on exports from India, and it would also move, would support increasing interest in global trade community um, in the Indian rupee. So I, I kind of went through this, and I also reached out to somebody. I actually reached out to uh, Cleo uh, Pascal and asked her what she thought of it, and she kind of thought... Uh, the same thing. They're trying to pulling away from the dollar. I think they're worried about sanctions. I think they're they're want well, one, they want their own money to be a legitimate currency, right? So right now, when you go to buy things, you know, and, and internationally, the US dollar is that base, right? So you, you take your dollar, convert it into US dollars, and then from there it gets converted into whatever country you're buying something with. And it also that's one of the things we did with the Swiss system. So a lot of the things that is happening is with sanctions and uh, on Russia and possible sanctions. If something were to happen with China and stuff like that, a lot of these countries are basically saying, okay, look, um, we want, we want to start using our own currency because we want to buy cheap oil from Russia, um, Brazil. And I thought I had that one. Brazil uh, just made, just reached out and decided to buy cheap diesel from Russia. Um, and you can Google that. I actually, I could probably Google uh, Brazil and diesel. Uh, Why are you doing that? I have a question for you. Is there a place 
you know, uh, as as you were saying, um, at at one point and maybe even still now, for the most part, you know, uh, everything is kind of used with the American dollar traded on gas stuff like that. Is there a place uh, where everyone's currency is important? Does that throw the system off? You know, you know, India is trying to get their rupee going. You know, Russia is trying to get whatever that one's called the rupee going. You know, like is there? Would it cause any type of uh, negativity if everyone had their important currency as opposed to just one important currency? Is just is it just more of a headache for trading? Well, the issue is is that, or the main thing is that that's is that if it makes it very difficult because if you think about it, um, when you go to buy something like my my dollar might only be good in my country. Johnny says one minute. Oh, he is okay. Um, my dollar might only be good in my country. So if you have an, you, you have a world reserve currency, that's kind of your, your, your reference point to be able to, for everything to be accepted. Right. Of course. And then of course everybody gets into, well, that's why you buy gold and silver. Um, and things like that also. Then also this too, like, if you think about it, you know, like maybe, you know, you're going to buy Russian gas, but maybe Russia values, uh, the Indian rupee less than it does American money. So like there's already that discrepancy there where, okay, now, you know, India needs to put forth more of their money to buy the same amount that America does uh, put forth with less of their money. So like that standardized uh, trading system on the dollar kind of mitigated all that confusion there and, you know, more or less of uh, this currency or that currency. So that, that is And I think it's a big deal because now you have countries like, remember BRICS is the, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And they're trying to bring in Iran. So that would be, and Argentina. So it would be Brazil, Russia, India, Iran, China, South Africa, and Argentina. And they're also looking to create their own reserve currency. So they were all, they were looking to create their own currency between themselves. Um, And then you have, India, who wants to buy oil from Russia, who now is basically saying, hey, we don't want to use the U.S. dollar. We want to use our own dollar. And then you have now just this came out 50 minutes ago. Brazil that says, hey, we want to buy as much diesel as we can from Russia. Uh, So now you have Brazil reaching out to Russia and saying we want to buy as much. And then you have Vladimir, you have Putin, who's going to be meeting with is going to be going to Iran to meet with Iran. I believe in a week or so he's going to meet with Iran. Um, And so you can really start to see that side of the planet start to bond together. Cause you have, you have countries like Brazil, which is a a very important country um, basically saying, Hey, sanctions aren't working, man. You're wrong. They don't work. We should, uh, we should get ready. You know, we shouldn't do this, and we're we going to go ahead and buy. What's that? We need to stock up. Yeah. Oh God, you get what you asked for. Hang on, let All me right. um, let me add the stream. Pull them out of here. All right. Okay, Johnny, you are you are on board. Hello. What's up, Johnny? Not much, mate. How are you? Good, man. Not much. All right. So you wanted to talk about the report, Iron Mountain report, right? Not really the report, no, because I haven't read it. I wanted to ask you firstly, who's, is this a military report thing or is this sort of civilian? I don't know. What's your target here? What's the target of this report? 
you know what I mean? Like the audience, who's actually at? Well, I think what they're there when they went to Port, and again, I don't have the book. So all it says is uh, in 1967 that this was put out there that basically they, uh, a government panel was put together. So the government probably put it together for the government to eventually read. Um, yeah. so the government panel was put together like a think tank and allegedly, and they were put together and they were kept in, in the, um, uh, the Iron Mount, um, Iron Mountain Bunker, and they basically said, yep. look, you guys stay here and figure this out. <laughs> um, and over time, that was basically what they did. And so it, that's, I'm assuming it was by a government panel for the government to, 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 to read. Okay. Why I'm asking that is because yeah. now sort of let's talk about, let's get a, like you like that word, let's get a baseline of who, that's why you need an audience for starters, because War to a soldier is different. War to a civilian, yeah. Peacetime is different, and I agree with what That's you were point. saying. I agree with what you're saying. Like in every human being, there's sort of a piece of war needs to be going on anyway. That's the battle that's always going to be going on. There's never the difference between you and me. What peace is, you know, peace to me is not at war. There's not bullets going back and forwards. Do you know what I mean? But to most people, there's always a kind of war going on. We're fighting the government. We're fighting this. The, you know what I mean? All the shit they're putting on us, race, this, trans, this, everything, this. Do you know what I mean? So really, we're never at peace anyway. Right. If you want to look at it from an everyday kind of thing. So I'm not arguing your point. I just think that maybe you you kind of look, it's either a military sort of war or everyday war. Because it never stops. Do you know what I mean? The war uh, with things never really stops. <clears throat> I don't know if they were necessarily uh, calling it war. They were just saying, uh, whatever that that uh, that report was, you know, saying uh, you need to look at it from like uh, with a military style objective in mind. Which I get what you're saying. Like, okay, is a military objective for war, or is it you know to help peace? But I guess kind of what we surmised was the idea there was just okay what's what's gonna make for the best outcome regardless of who lives who dies kind of thing that to me is what they kind of meant with the whole military vibe there like this we need to figure out you know cut down the brass tacks here well let me can't ask, ask people that haven't seen war to compare it's it's apples and oranges you can't, you, can't asking, you know what I mean? Compare to war, you know what I mean? No, no one was asking to compare to war, but they were saying use a military style uh, um, look at this. Like, don't. How can you do that if you're not trained in military? No, well, the, here's the thing. Like, so the logic is, is like Josh said, um, a military mindset. So the point was is that no can, emotion. Can the economy? Right. Can the economy survive? Can society survive without a war? Can the economy survive? Can society... So wait a minute. Your definition, your definition of that war you're talking about is a battle between countries, war bullets right now. So you just said that phrase there. What's your reference to war now? Well, the, what the, I just what... concluded that peace was not an interest for a stable society. Can peace... So we don't have to say war, because is peace for a stable society? Can you have peace? Well, that's like my point. Are we mean. ever at peace? Okay, no. but we're not always at war either. Correct. No, we're not. So, so the problem was is that what they wanted to say is, you know, how the, we oh we want world peace, we want this, we want that. 
So what this think tank did, and 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 like I said, it's a it's a th- you actually have to kind of think about the thought the thought process behind it is can a for now we can be at peace for this long, but eventually you almost for economy to survive, for society to survive, for the world to go on, we have to have some conflict to break up that peace because extended periods of peace can't uh, sustain society can't sustain the economy it can't sustain society is basically what they're trying to find out if there's nothing to fight can you sustain society and i think that and the mindset is let me finish and i'll let you go is that if we we need to almost have an enemy someplace somewhere somehow for people to basically stay um and not go into chaos so you need to have a focal point to point people in this direction and if you don't give them one, eventually chaos will ensue because people need that focal point. That's kind of what I think they were look, trying to figure out. Does that make sense? It's in people's yeah. instinct to 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 find the negativity. You know, we were bred and born, uh, you know, in caves to look out. You know, when I walk outside, everything's not hunky dory. Okay, this is going to kill me. This is going to kill me. We kind of thrive on that idea. I think with peace, we're just like, what the hell do we do with this? And uh, to uh, ask you to go a little deeper, Johnny, uh, you said it was impossible to take emotion out of that type of uh, report. Out of anything. I disagree. I, don't disagree. I think that's what the idea of a, of a, of a military kind of view on this stance would be. It's like, you know, people. That's right. But now you've got to train the population to look, be a military person to take it, to look at it from that perspective. Otherwise everyday person cannot take emotion. It's nearly, it's virtually impossible to not put emotion into everything you do, anything you do. Well, it was just there. You know, they got 15 people to figure out if it was, you know, they didn't need the the whole populace. And that's kind of furthering the point of what the Iron Mountain's saying. It's like, you can't get all these people on board to make this happen. And if you, and so if you don't have somebody to fight, like, so their logic is, is if we can't fight another country, or if we can't fight another person, we can't fight another individual, what if we gave them things to fight? And some of the yeah. stuff they came up with was alien life forms or gross pollution of the environment. And this and and this was back in 1963. Or race or fucking this is what they do right. now. They replace that. Yeah. Right. And and this yeah. is kind of with this. And this is why I want to get this book because, I, like I said, once I get it, I'm going to whip through it. Um, and and I want to talk about this one again because I thought this was somewhat interesting. This ask this this think tank this thought process of okay can we even have this and if we can't what do we do <laughs> how do we keep the people controlled and not in chaos and at, at some type of, of focal point you know and because if they're not focused they we you know we can't control them we can't there can't be that that type of thing and i think that's a big deal yeah i agree the human mind needs to be active to the start right. in general right. Now you talked about two things, but you're talking about now. Now there's the the world that they've created, where I agree, for things to carry on, there needs to be a war. They make a great deal of money out of war. Sure. Are you referring to that, or yeah. you're referring? I don't agree. With just saying, we look at the neg. I don't believe humans look at the negative, because out of war will always we come. That we were you born watch, 
figure out what's going to go after us. We don't always look at the negative, but it's very easy for humans to find the negative as it is to find the positive. It's instilled in us. It's almost like a stereotype. We need to make sure we're safe. We uh, we look at a situation. But that's not negative. Why I is mean, that a negative? Is, I don't like, understand that. Can kill you is negative, no? <laughs> Let's go but survival's yeah, something that can kill you is a negative, but that's, that's not you. Mean. The positive is your survival. That's a positive thing. Of course, it, it, it's it's a yin and yang. There is negative to someone killing you, but if you can figure out where that person is trying to kill you at, or that thing is trying to kill you at, and you can kind of outsmart it, that's the positive because you just survive. Yeah. But we need but to the negative part. Them trying to kill you is not the negative part. That's not on you. That's it's their the... negative side, not yours. I, I think it's definitely a negative if you were to walk outside and there are a few things that are trying to take your life. You have to figure out how to make that a positive. You're not. That's a negative of, of the whole scenario, but you're saying a human being having a negative and positive side, what someone else is going to do to you is not your negative. I'm not saying it's, it's not your negative. bad side. I'm you just did. saying in general, it's negative. Like if someone's yeah, trying of course to kill it is. you, that's not a positive, right? I mean, we can agree to that part. Yeah, but we can't spend our life. We don't. I don't agree. Walk Every time we walk out the door, we're going to go and go, fuck, what's going to fucking fall out of the sky and kill me today? No, no, you know not I mean? you can't do, man. No, for sure. I'm saying when humans first came about, there was a lot more things out there to take us out, to kill us, fucking save well, us. You know, I'm today's pretty up there, too. But yeah, I know that's what you're still, saying. Yeah. That's what it's here somewhere. Easy I think for us to find negativity. Okay, I got one. All right, go ahead. I just want, I just want to have the bleep button. Go ahead. <laughs> all right oh, i'm gonna be your uh first time um, on that eh? do you want to go now just give it a go no, no i'm good <laughs> yeah is is there fucking that and that's and that's why negative sells with the news yeah. people but i don't believe we're naturally like that i think we've been pushed that way there's been a bit of a push push when everything when a lot of things let's drop it from war just to sort of bad shit you know <laughs> everyone's going through some shit right now across the globe. I think we can agree on that. We're going through some pretty shitty times. But to say it's all like that, it's always been like that. If the news is going to report it, report it, report it, I think right now positive news would do okay. I think we've hit a time when if the news started showing some nice shit, their rate, their their rates, their things would go up, their ratings, you know what I mean? Ah, I think I it, me, bro. Uh, yeah, because you're going through it. How much – so you're going to be like this – 107 going around, we need a near-death experience, all this bullshit, while he's fucking driving around a $100,000 car. Fucking, I think people's perspective on shit is different, and that matters. That's why I was asking before about assault, you know, war. A soldier's view of war is different to a civilian's view of war. A soldier has rules. War can sometimes be a little fucking easier than life, if you don't want to come. There's no rules in life. There's laws, but the gloves are off. It can be a lot more complicated. It can be a lot more, you know what I mean? When there's no one there to help. In looking at something with a military perspective or looking at something with a war perspective, though. It's a, yeah, but you can't look at something with a military perspective if you aren't trained in military. It's how do you, how could you ask someone to do that? I, I get that's what the paper is. Right, right. Yeah, but how can they put that? If that's their view, how can they now put that onto everyday society? They need to change it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If they're looking at it from a military view, soldiers are military. You can't expect a civilian to look at this. You can't compare it. Yeah, and I think this paper's a bit old too. 
like the theory yeah, no. might be okay, but I think the scope might need to change. You know what I mean? Right. And remember, this was 1963. Yeah, this that's right. Yeah. Um, and 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 the other thing too is that uh, there were when China was in wars for so long, right? They they were constantly in war. Well, at one point, the samurai warriors basically, when war stopped, they didn't know what to do. They they killed themselves because they didn't they didn't know what to do. They all all they knew was war. Um, yeah. and, and other countries like that. That's right. Yeah. Right, and and so a lot of the stuff that basically you know happens is what they're trying to see is that is that where you know, would it work? You know, would it work? And I, I'm trying to get through the right now. I'm at the substitutes for the functions of war. So I'm trying to whip through this while you guys are talking and seeing what they're coming up with. You know, economic surrogates for war must meet two principal criteria. Johnny, do you think uh, everlasting peace is sustainable and or achievable? What do you? That's again, I'm coming to you definitely. What are you calling peace? Not war. I don't believe we're at peace right now with everyday stuff. To some people, this is fucking end of times. Some people are freaking out right now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What What do you mean by peace? I don't yeah. believe we're ever really at the right. defi dictionary yeah. definition of peace. I don't think we're ever there. And real quick, yeah, samurais were Japanese, but when I'm sorry, when I meant that they were constantly at war with with China, <laughs> is what what I meant with that. So when the war stopped, they didn't know what to do. The Japanese uh, samurai didn't know what to do. Go ahead. So I guess it's down to the wording again, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, the dictionary definition of peace, I don't know that we're ever there because we've always got internal battles. We've got fighting a government for this. We've got shit going on now. There's race fight, you know, arguments, all the silly shit that they keep going on us anyway. So there doesn't need to be a war going on for us to be battling all the time. There's two you know definitions what I mean? of peace. There's two definitions of peace. The first one is freedom from disturbance, a.k.a. tranquility. And the second one is the definition that we're kind of going over is a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. I think you can call that peacetime is different than peace. We're just talking about peace. Like, can everybody coexist, be honky? Don't, like, I just don't think it's possible. We're yeah. doing it now. We can coexist. We're, in we America, do. we are not coexisting. In America, there is no peace right here. There is a much divide, much polarization. There is. That's across the globe, but it's always been there. Just right now, it's a little flared up. Right. If so we, if, we could say Josh, it can always be worse. It can be a lot worse, mate. Trust right. me. Right. And you know that. Right. And the issue is that at what point do we reach that spectrum, right? At what point? Yeah, that's what I mean. You need to sort of work out, yeah, where, yeah, right. where it hits out of peace now, and now we're into fucking... Yeah, and that's I think that's where, like I said, so when I again, I have not gotten the book yet. I haven't read it. Um, I'm just kind of talking about what I can't what, you know, the surface of this thing. That's like I said, I'm very interested in this one and then and then reestablish. Yeah, it. OK, right. here's what they're saying. Um, this was kind of thrown at me today, so I haven't whipped, I haven't gone through this one yet. And all so much about the paper. It was more like sort of what we're talking about now. What are you what are you calling? I, I don't believe you know, peacetime, wartime. You talk a military war, military peace, you know, or just every day. That's what I sort of wanted to talk. That's why I just feel there was a bit of a get a bit of a baseline on what you were referring to. Right. And you say peace, and also then peace to me could be different peace to you. You know, you got some or someone that's battling life really hard, a lot harder than us right now. To them, you know, going off the article. Uh, I don't get the, the vibe that they're talking about wartime, peacetime. I feel like they're talking about the first definition, freedom from disturbance and or tranquility. 
So that's that's yeah. the vibe I got from what they were trying to figure out. Because obviously, to me, it would be pointless to if you have wartime, there's going to be times when there's not war. So you yeah. can call not war peace, but to I know to, you mean by that. Yeah, okay, I got you. To yeah. report about that makes no sense because that's kind of like a given. So that's why I'm yeah. assuming they're they're going a little more with like the hippie kind of you know everyone loves everybody. But that's you know? how military will think. You're right, what you just said. But that's when you're military. That's your train of thought. They don't come down to the level now of civilian. So if these guys, this think tech was all military, I think it would be fucking redundant. Everyday fucking lot. I don't. I don't see how they could come to a conclusion that's going to be the same as what you'd get if you put a think tank of the everyday man right. that hasn't done war, that non-military, basically. I think we you know have what to I mean? respect that opinion of this, like just because yeah. it's such a, a, a an out there opinion. So I think we're just kind of humoring the idea as opposed to necessarily agreeing with it really yeah. much. It's just yeah. fun to ponder. Like, you could do that same thing, though. Like, I'm not disagreeing with the uh, thing of it, but now just put it to the everyday man instead of let's take the military out of this mm-hmm. because it's diff- It's just a totally different. Then now the war and peace comes to our level of war and peace, like everyday sort of battles, you know, what we go through now. To mm-hmm. a lot of people, that, that feels must feel like war. <laughs> you know, the outcome can still be death, you know what I mean? And it is. Well, it is. And it's messy because yeah. it shouldn't be. When you go to war, death is the outcome, if worst case. Today, everyday society, death shouldn't be the ultimate fucking outcome. It shouldn't get that bad, but hey, it is. You death know what is I mean? the outcome with peace too, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So technically, from military point of view, we're in peace, but to the everyday man, I don't know if they'd agree with that, you know what I mean? And right. the outcome's still death. There's a lot of death. Whether yeah. it's, you know, taking your own or whatever it is, it's up there doesn't matter how it comes about there's too much of it right now for unnecessary like, reasons you know i feel like we're all inadvertently kind of on the same page as like, yeah, it's like yeah. you have wartime you have peacetime like you can't yeah. really have one without the other yeah no you can't again it is the yin and the yang there's always that t- internal that thing goes it's, it's called it's your drive too it's what keeps you fucking you know, the battle to do better, the battle for this. I know you call it a battle. Some people's a battle. Some people yeah. struggle a little harder with general everyday shit than others. You know, yeah, so- that's another. I think that, again, I, I'm going to be, uh, uh, I'm, when I talked about the culture revolution and I talked about staff with, with Shee Van Fleet, um, it, it's amazing to see some of that come across and to actually see um, what Mao did to, uh, destroy his society through culture revolution and, and brainwashing and stuff like that. You, you just mentioned that. So this is something that some of the stuff that I'm reading here, it's, I don't, I don't see it to, to kill somebody's drive to be the best is, is another dangerous habit, right? It's just, yes. it's, I, 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 somebody has to be the best. That competitive thing has to take over. You have to have, you know, uh, th- and today- that's how we get innovation, and too, and that's it, from a positive side. It's how things get better. Is someone's going to think of it? We all can't think the same way. And that's okay. Absolutely. So <laughs> don't it- use it for evil. Right. Don't take that away from people because you want to be the boss. Don't use your power to stop the world evolving just because you want to be the man. That's a fuckwit. That's a fucking dictator. That's a. Do you know what I mean? That right. doesn't make you anything at all in my eyes. Right. right. General conclusions. It is apparent that from the foregoing that no program or combination of programs yet proposed for this transition to peace 
has remotely approached meeting the comprehensive functional requirements of a world without war. Throughout one pro uh, projected system for, uh, for filling the economic function of war seems promising, similar optimists cannot be expressed in the equality, essential political and sociology areas. Sage, real quick, I got to say I was wrong. It is. It does seem like now they are trying to compare peacetime and wartime as opposed to the, uh, yeah. the hippy dippy piece. So I think Johnny was a little more on point because they are. It does seem, you know, the comprehensive functional requirements of a world without war. That's what they're defining peace as. So uh, the other major non-military function of war, ecological, cultural, scientific, um, the rise, very definite problems, but at least a possibility. Yeah, because that's the other thing, too, like. One of the reasons we've become so innovative, one of the reasons that we've actually reached out and said, okay, we need to be better at this. We need to push ourselves at this. We need to do this is because if we don't do that in regards to, let's say, AI chips, other countries will, and they will create weapons and that will be able to beat us, right? So one of the things that war does is it gives you motivation to stay on top of your game and basically create new technologies that to be first creating those technologies. Definitely. Yeah, we shouldn't need war to do that, though. Like, but, instead of those dickheads at the top making the ones that make money to keep war going, and we know they exist. That's the incentive. If we work together, well, it doesn't have to be. It's what is right now, because they've made it that way. It doesn't have to be the incentive. But I don't believe humans up. need to fight to get better. But the problem is, is it they're saying it does. For you yeah, to make sure that your yeah. country stays to, you know, because another country, if they if they come out with better technology, they can come out and control your country, right? So they're saying that if for that, there has to be a strategic competition. There has to be a possibility of losing everything to push yourself yeah. to be that best. And when you're a country, losing everything would be losing your country, right? So there has to be that motivation that, uh, we can't fail. We've got to drive. We've got to push harder. We've got to, and we're seeing that now. We're seeing, in my opinion, we're seeing the difference between when we had the motivating factor and the industrial revolution, and we pushed our country and we, we, you know, to be the best, compared to other countries that are now seeing, like China, let's say, that is now pushing their country to be the best by stealing all of our intellectual property, by taking this stuff, and now they're driving forward as fast as they can to be the best. And it doesn't have to be through war. They can, you know, they can win the war through economic. They can win the war through logistics. They can win the war without throwing a punch. But it's still winning the war. Yeah, Talking but there's, I think humanity can do it too without war because then you look at it like often there's doctors or engineers that build things because their wife has cancer and they want to find it. That's yeah. often the drive that will the same get you the same result. The drive's there because they're going to lose someone they love. Love can sometimes replace the hate. I don't believe that we have to be at war. Yeah, I get how it drives. But remember why we're at war. It's never because really what all of us want. Someone's making fucking money out of it. Let me ask <laughs> you know, you this. At the end of the day. Let me ask you this. Does Would you consider that that technology that you create when you're not at war keep you from possibly going into war? Maybe. You see what I'm saying? So Maybe, yeah of me being able to create if something. you share it if we do it properly and share it with each other um, well, and like each other i mean countries you know let's not fucking try and be well, no, number let's, one. Let's, this way if i created i mean we created let's say the atomic bomb we created the atomic bomb so we wouldn't have to go to war 
because we now have this. So then somebody else creates something bigger. So that well, you they had to use it first before then you right, we to didn't it. want to use it again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Prove yeah. It. But now technology can be created now that says, Hey, we already have this technology. So don't mess with us. Uh, this whole conversation of uh, of peace and war bringing motivations kind of reminds me of that old quote, you know, the old adage, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And to me, yeah. like, the weak men era is that peace era where we, if we don't have that war, if we don't have that thing breathing down our neck, all the innovation, all the, you know, the material, uh, the, the military advances, all that falls by the wayside. It's true. Right. But we're in the hard, aren't we hard enough in times now? Yeah. If, if everyone yeah. sort of got their asses together, let's be honest, and started fucking working a little harder and together to get through the times we're at, that's going to make better men, women, slash women. We're going to come out of this. We should come out of this better, all of us. We should. That's kind of the same. I agree with what you're saying. No. I just don't think you need a war to do well. <laughs> You'd think so. If we don't learn, then fuck, maybe we shouldn't be. Right. I mean, we, we kind of got to start learning from the mistakes, right? Yeah, so I just I think this is a good topic. I, I like I said, this is something like I said, I did order the book. I do want to read the book. I don't think this is a book, but I am going to read this too, um, rather than just kind of whip. That, can you put that link uh, for this in stream uh, Streamyard? I'm going to check that out. Uh, uh, yeah, I should be able to. It's a PDF. Yeah, send it, send it in the Telegram too if you can. Whenever Sage, I'll ever read it. Too. Do that. But yeah, that was my. It wasn't really so much against this because obviously I haven't read it either. But it was more just sort of. It is a good topic. And I just think, yeah, and, and I and like in I peacetime said, we can still be battling a lot of things. Let, just let's not focus so much on the words war and peace, because to some people, war they live it every day. You know, they're fighting all the time. And this know. is just so everybody knows again what I'm talking about is the report from Iron Mountain. Um, it was also a book. Um, and you guys, like I said, so if you just Google the report from Iron Mountain, uh, this type of stuff will pop out. I did drop the link as a PDF in there if you guys wanted to check it out. Yeah, it should open uh, right up. I just opened it up and downloaded right away. So it should work okay. if you guys want to check it out. Yeah, and like I said, this is Library of Congress catalog, number card number, blah, 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 blah. So um, you guys can see that number right there. Yeah. But I just thought, like I said, this is some of the stuff, like I said, I will be going. Um, I'm going to probably end this one here because I know um, Will's going to want to go. I will be changing my times, and I'll be doing more shows kind of like this where I'll have people just jump in and kind of talk about stuff like this and bounce it off each other. Um, but it'll be 5.30 to 7.00. Monday through Thursdays, and I'll still do my recorded ones. Um, and so the, I'll make sure that, you know, next time Johnny comes on, I will be faster on the bleep button. <laughs> um, but no, no, I'm just kidding. So I do thank Johnny. I thought we didn't have the same page on this one, really. I, I didn't. Well, this wasn't an argument. This one. <laughs> no, it was just one that I thought was a good topic to throw it's out. There. And, 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 you know, thank you for coming on because, you know, if, if nobody knows, uh, Johnny is a uh, veteran. Uh, so he he has seen some uh, bad stuff. So thank you for your service, my friend. Thanks, mate. And also make sure uh, if you mods, if there's many mods in here that are left, can you drop Will's? Will went live, so if you can drop Will's link, uh, Will's always live. I know you guys. If somebody can drop, all right, there he is. <laughs> non-drafted veteran. He's a non-drafted veteran, so that doesn't count. Will, drop your link if you're live, buddy. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not a veteran. and then the new uh, breed, the new breed of veteran, right? <laughs> exactly, the new breed, the professional. Oh, right, guys, I'll get out. Thanks for that, guys. It was good. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I'm thanks, gonna get you out of here. Catch you, mate. Are you leaving? Or you might get okay. You left. 
Thank God he's gone. Now we can talk about him. He can't do anything because I'd have to let him back up. Hey, uh, I like a good counter. Live too. All right, you want to go ahead and start up YouTube also, and that way you can drop your YouTube. And I'll hold here. I'll hold crowd here. Hold crowd. Props to Johnny. Yeah. That's, I really appreciate that counterpoint. That Absolutely. Cool. All right. That everybody right there. That is um, Cold Beer's Twitch link, and he's also going to be going live on YouTube. So if we can all go from here over to Will, uh, he'll probably have a different topic that he's talking about. Uh, but he is uh, a lot of my co-hosts that we're trying to build. There he is. So he is now on YouTube also. So that one I can grab real quick for you. Let me do this. Also, uh, a quick shout out. If you're up late, 1030, check out Stuck Out. Now, I know we used to have uh, some of your audience uh, check us out. But after that whole court thing and yeah, and stuff like that, it kind of. But I, I urge you, if you enjoy it, please come back. Uh, we really appreciate everyone out there. So Monday, Tuesday and Thursday at 1030 p.m. Yeah. So you guys are up and running with that one good now? Yeah. Yeah. We're you still making his name. We're going to see how uh, how the transition goes once I move, and we're doing this over Zoom, you know, because he's not going to be coming in studio anymore. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So thanks, everybody, for joining me. Thanks. Check out Stuck in the Middle. Shoot over to um, On Point Preparedness also and check him out. We dropped his link. And check out Will right now. He's live on YouTube and Twitch, whichever you prefer. Uh, but check him out on his show. And thanks for everybody swinging in. And I'm going to go ahead and hit the music, and I'm outie. Bye, Jack. Later, man. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm out. Thinking back. Drop the classic. Drop the classic. Too established. the magic. It's automatic. Got a mask. Who was that? Living legend. Lead the weapon. Next to mine. Never tired. Tell them all. Tell them Big dreams, I got big dreams since like baby. I've been joining forces with the likes of an 18. Jumping off of buildings used to be so stimulating. Now I'm reaching new heights. I'ma need the off-whites. Play with the fire, you get burned. All of my struggles became lessons well learned. I got desires that keep me grounded, that's for sure. Cause one day we gon' make it out this earth. Where's your worth? I'm sick of your talking, you got the wrong one. I'm taking your king and I leave him broken. If I am in second, it's after no one. Give me a second to let him know. I'm the headline, the deadline. Big time. I'm a head time, the rare kind. Big time. I'm a living legend, lethal weapon, master, minor. The king is back like prodigal. I, I gave him time, it's been too long. We're silent, calm, but now the storm. I'm not the one you can't ignore. I never politic. If I want it, I'ma get mine. Never fake the fall, can't perform for your empire. Snatch him out the throne, make them all fall in line. I let the clock tick, count down, cause I'm. I'm sick of your talking, you got the wrong one. I'm taking your king and I leave him broken. If I am in second, it's after no one. Just give me a second to let him know. I'm the headline, the deadline. I'm ahead time, the rare kind. I'm a living legend, lethal weapon, master of Big time. Out of the ashes, a phoenix arises. Faith of a mustard seed can move any mountains. The people are watching, so I cannot stop it. Been down for too long, now I gotta rock it. Had to get it out the mud, you know how it goes. Now we sitting at the top, had to bring the bros. Never thought I'd be the one who would play the role. Now look at where we at, man, who would've known? Temperature rising, I feel the pressure is on me. Luckily, I've been out here building an army. 
camouflage on a rush. We run this party. We kick them out the game because they want to come tardy. This is for the ones who've been chasing their goals. If they were sleeping on the kid, now they better be woke. Lights, camera, action. We ready to roll. All right, faces, everybody. Let's put on a good show. I'm sick of your talking. You got the wrong one. I'm taking your king and I leave him broke. If I am a second, it's after no one. Just give me a second to let them know. I'm the headline, the deadline. I'm a head time, the rare kind. I'm a living legend, lethal weapon, master, fighter. Big time.